0: So students at home studied those characters. They decided which one they were going to impersonate. So they also chose, uh, for example, tools or, (laughs) yes, backgrounds. And each one, in turn, uh, performed that character while the other students were writing down notes and asking questions in Italian. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This
1: week on Speaking of Language. Julia Andreoni suggests ways to incorporate music and drama into language teaching and learning.
2: Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University.
1: And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's media manager. Today, we are joined by Julia Andreoni. Julia just completed her PhD in the Department of Romance Studies with a major concentration in Italian literature.
2: We will talk about how she connects her passion for theater and music with language teaching.
1: Welcome to Speaking of Language, Julia.
2: Thank you. So first of all, congratulations are in order, completed (laughs) your dissertation. This is wonderful. (laughs) Thanks, yes. Um, Can you share with us a little bit about your background and your journey with languages?
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, So uh, my uh, passion for language um, originated while I was attending an Anglo-American international elementary school in Rome, in Italy. Um, And so I experienced a dual language um, education. Mm -hmm. We had classes both in English, other classes in Italian. Um, So from there I uh, went to a a high school, Um, I chose classics, so we also studied ancient Greek and Latin, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I further developed my passion for (laughs) languages, Um, so then I chose, um, I pursued a bachelor and master's degrees in um, languages and literatures Mm -hmm. at uh, Sapienza University of Rome. so in English, in Italian, and also in Spanish. Wow. And from there, um, at Cornell, I, um, my PhD is in Romance Studies. Um, as you were saying, so in Italian and with minors in Comparative Literature and uh, English.
1: Wonderful. So your research interests include theater, specifically drama pedagogy. How have you incorporated theater and drama techniques into your language classes?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, so um, especially uh, for the uh, fall semester, I tried to think ways to also create a sense of community, notwithstanding uh, the situation with mm-hmm. COVID, so lessons on Zoom. So what I did is I tried to um, adapt and also devise drama activities that would work in an online setting Mm -hmm. Um, so for example uh, something called zoom drama grammar (laughs) that Mm. we did with students (laughs) (laughs) something called online hot seat guess who so that was Mm. fun also and then students also did some brief um, screen uh, performance dialogues so there are ways to do it also um, online and it, it works and um What I liked about it is that it gave a sense of community, um, students were engaged. So theater really does that Mm -hmm. for you. Um, And also by uh, simulating authentic context, uh, students have a communicative purpose.
2: Yeah. Mm. Can you talk a little bit more about the, these new innovative tasks that you did on Zoom, like the, the online hot seat Guess Who or your Zoom grammar?
0: Yes, sure. So we started with something a little bit easier. Um, so, for example, the drama grammar is something that um, is, is done in, in language classrooms. With theater, and so I simply adapted it to the medium, (laughs) Mm -hmm. online medium. And students um, practically, um, so they have a series of um, vocabulary, so, for example, verbs um, eating, sleeping, uh, painting, and they also. embody those verbs. Mm-hmm. So they perform those verbs and they say the word in Italian, Spanish, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens is that also the body has memory. So students um, memorize this vocabulary also by watching other students perform and themselves performing that action, so mm-hmm. speak. And eating and this is uh, quite simple so it's not particularly elaborated but it really uh, helps um, sort of trigger a kinesthetic learning
2: hmm. yeah
0: So this was one <laughs> yes. yeah
2: what about i'm intrigued by your online hot seat guess who how did you <laughs> like how did you implement that what is that yes so um, well you know the game guess who where yeah. there are
0: various characters exactly with uh, specific traits um, so what, what I did is um, I prepared, so there were a series of characters um, with characteristics, so color of hair, et cetera, et cetera, and things that they loved doing. So students at home studied those characters. They decided which one they were going to impersonate. Mm-hmm. So they also chose, uh, for example, tools mm. or, <laughs> yes, backgrounds oh, yeah. and uh, what I did to make them feel comfortable at the beginning was to divide them in um, in breakout rooms. Mm-hmm. And each one, in turn, uh, performed that character while the other students were writing down notes and asking questions in Italian. Wow. So they wrote notes, and then at a certain point, each had to guess um, who the character was.
2: Hmm. Fun. What has the impact been on tasks like this, you know, on your students' learning? And have I you noticed any differences between implementing these types of tasks in the face-to-face classroom versus now in the online mediated classroom?
0: Um, so um, I feel uh, that it, um my impression is that it reduces uh, their foreign language anxiety. Hmm. So, through the uh, what is protection of the role, mm-hmm. they really forget about uh, being anxious, mm-hmm. uh, speaking the language, and they focus on the communicative purpose. Um, so, this is something that, um, yes, I noticed. Um, what else? I think it also helps with empathy. So, being in someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. So, that component is fundamental. Um And then, um, if I saw differences, um, so I started using uh, drama, um, especially this semester. Mm -hmm. So I really had the experience online. So before there were some games, but I was uh, mainly using theater for writing seminars.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Well, you've also taught various sections in our languages across the curriculum program tied to seminars on music. Uh, the sections I know have covered Western music, Baroque music uh, and opera. How do you teach about music in the target language?
0: Yes. Um, so, I have, um, so I have taught uh, um, music through uh, opera libretti. So I thought that could be interesting Mm -hmm. for uh, students from the music department. So, for example, we focused on uh, Mozart's uh, Le Nozze di Figaro, The Mm Marriage of Figaro. Um, So what we did is we analyzed, for example, the text of an aria sung by the young page Cherubino. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's called Voi che sapete che cose amor, you who know what love is. So we had the text, and um, so I devised various exercises based on uh, vocabulary because they had they have to know both the vocabulary of modern Italian, but also of, uh, let's say, more 18th century Italian, because um, students from music do um, have to know about opera, <laughs> libretti themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit different, so from cor to cuore, these kind of um, exercises. And also um, grammar, so they had to... um, Um, They had some grammar exercises from present to past tense, uh, reading and comprehension. And then there was um, a part on oral production where students discussed uh, going to the mat. Um, Mm. And so there was a dialogue based on this real or imaginary (laughs) um, experience. And um, yes, so they could practice um, a bit of
2: dialogue. Mm Fun. Fun. Have you noticed any differences in the receptiveness of students and their engagement in these languages across the curriculum classes compared to regular language classes? So if, you know, if, if the class section actually is tied to a different discipline rather than mm-hmm. being, quote unquote, just a language class.
0: Right. Yes. So I noticed that they were particularly attentive and interested in learning the vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So even more than uh, practicing grammar, um, because what happens, um, even students from uh, the music department, they uh, many times they encounter text in Italian and they have to sort of infer the meaning. Mm-hmm. So it was important for them to know the basic and most important uh, recurring words in Italian and then try to make out the general sense. Um, of what they were reading. So we really also concentrated on that.
1: If our listeners are interested in more ideas on how to integrate theatre or music into their teaching, where would you suggest they start?
0: Yes. So um, I would say suggest so to start by including uh, theatrical games. Uh, Small-scale forums, so they're easily uh, accessible, and uh, examples on how to do this. And more information uh, can be found in a journal uh, called uh, Scenario. It's a journal of performative teaching, learning and research, so that's a good resource. Mm -hmm. There are also many books on uh, theatre games for the classroom. Um, I've also noticed there are many um, workshops or conferences now online uh, where um, um, teachers can become more familiar with Mm -hmm. these techniques. So, for example, drama in education days.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And that is what I I have done. And (laughs) yes, I would advise. Have you done a lot or anything with improvisation in your language classrooms?
0: Um, so for example, when they were performing uh, small scenes from um, based on um, topics, for example, at the restaurant, so mm-hmm. they had to perform a little bit. Um, so they had general notes, but there was also an element of improvisation. Okay. And this really helps. Certainly, the element of, um, of improvisation uh, was more uh, stressed uh, when I was um, teaching theater. Mm-hmm. Although I feel I'm not um, enough of, of an expert in terms of um, teaching um operatic music I mean I was always partnered with a professor from mm-hmm. the music department I also followed uh, his and her lessons so mm-hmm. I also learned from them and so they had this double um, these double classes so it seemed less improvisation but I would put a question mark <laughs> sure. on that yes
2: Before we sign off, we'd like to ask you to share your favorite word in a language you speak, you love, you are learning. What is that favorite word of yours?
0: Yes, my favorite word is uh, sun because it's the first word that I uh, learned in English when I was very young.
2: So I am, yes, (laughs) have an emotional connection with (laughs) with the word. Sun as in S-U-N, what's up? Yes, shining exactly. Down on us, mm-hmm, the bright sun. Yes, we need we need more of mm. that in Ithaca. Indeed, in... exactly. <laughs> Wonderful.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for speaking of language with us, Julia.
2: Thank you. Next week, we are introducing you to Planet Word, the world's first voice-activated museum in Washington, D.C., that provides interactive galleries and exhibits that bring words and language to life in all sorts of fun ways. Until then, auf Wiederhören!
1: The
0: Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu
1: Or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter.
2: Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz.
1: Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson.
2: Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University.
1: As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University.
0: We thank our listeners. And do stay tuned for our next episode.